Mr. Smith Talks Triathlon, episode 45, Half Ironman Pacing. Mr. Smith Talks Triathlon, practical triathlon advice for everyday athletes. A couple of episodes ago we talked nutrition, today it's all about pacing, and those two things there are probably the two things that have the biggest influence on the outcome of your day. So I'm going to talk generally about each of the disciplines, and then also get into a few more specifics for different levels of athlete, and those are thinking about three, roughly three different groups. Firstly, the people who are just out there to complete. You could be out there for close to eight hours to do a half Ironman, and your main goal is really just successfully completing it. The next group is the what I term the challenge group, and typically these people are around the middle of the pack, often aiming for six to six and a half hours for their half Ironman time, and, and yeah, they, they want to put in a good effort and do more than just complete it. And the third group is those who are there to perform. You want to finish near the front of your age group, much higher in the field. You're really out to perform the absolute best that you can and, and be quite competitive with it. So as I go through, talk about these um, these different things, please keep that context in mind. Okay, so to the swim. Now, this one's relatively straightforward. If you are someone who is there to just complete the event, then when the swim gun goes, you're probably just going to take a breath, have a moment, and then start patiently at your own pace. You're not going to go charging off. Honestly, if you're there to just complete, then the moment you start working hard, you're going to be burning a lot of energy that you'll regret later in the day. So for you, the start is really, really simple. You just start taking easy strokes and you just keep going like that the whole way through. If you're at the other end of the field, if you're you're someone who's there to really, really perform, then you're going to be starting fast because there's an opportunity then to get in a group or draft with some faster people and get that get that pack going and working for you. And then the challenge group, you're somewhere in between. Okay, you might might be ready to kind of get off the line fast, but you don't want to be burning a lot of energy for very long. It might be a few fast strokes, but then you really want to quite quickly settle into your pace. If you're just going hammer and tongs for the first five minutes, that's going to really hurt. It's going to, you're going to probably drop some technique later on in your swim, and definitely that uh, level of effort will come back to bite later in the run. Okay, So by all means, take a few fast strokes to get you going, but then settle into something that is very, very sustainable. Now, no matter which level that you're at for the swim, the two biggest things you can do are sighting, so that you're going as straight as you possibly can. That's going to take the least energy, it's going to get you there the fastest, really, really simple. You, depending on where you are in the field, you may or may not have the opportunity for drafting. If there is any opportunity, by all means take it, definitely the way to go, save a lot of energy. But for everybody... You want to have a focus on technique as you're swimming because there's no point in working hard in the swim if you're not getting any speed for it. Okay, So you just always come back to that thinking about what are a couple of the cues about my swimming that are going to help me swim really, really well because it's only when you're swimming well that you can 
swim as fast as you can. If you're just working hard, burning energy, rushing after it, you're wasting wasting energy that you want later on. Okay, and then when you're coming into the finish of the swim, I say for everybody, there's no, don't get caught up in the pack mentality of, oh look, I'm only 100 meters away, I'll pick it up, I'm going to really go for it now. Okay, because over the last 100 meters or maybe 200, it's a matter of seconds that you might gain there. Okay, for that for that big burst of effort at the end, might only gain a matter of seconds, but then you've just sent yourself really over the top in terms of energy output. You've got to stand up. You might be woozy. It might slow you down in transition. So unless it's something that you know you can do very, very well, just don't, just cruise into the finish at the same pace you've been swimming all the way through. Stand up, carry on just nice and smoothly into transition. Okay, let's go on to bike pacing. Now, in general, most people start too hard and they ride too hard for a half Ironman. And that might be a surprise to some of you, but honestly, the people I have worked with where we have worked out the right pacing level, they all think it's easier than they used to do or that they should be doing, but they all have much, much better runs for it. Okay, so if you're one of those people who, in the past, your run hasn't been quite up to scratch where you think it want, you wanted it, or it should be, I can almost guarantee it's down to your bike pacing. So, when you first hop on that bike, you're pretty fresh in the day, and you're excited. Okay, don't go nuts. There's going to be people who are coming out of the water at different, different times, different abilities in the swim, and they'll have different abilities on the bike. So if there's people going past you at, at warp speed, that's okay. Let them go. They're either really good cyclists or really stupid cyclists. You do your thing. Okay? So don't go nuts at the start. Give yourself, just accept a few minutes to go, okay, I'll actually go easier than I think I should here, just to let you settle into the cycling and get going. Okay? So you need some kind of cue or, or way to help you just hold back a bit at the start. So, then as you're on the bike, there's really important to recognize that looking at your clock for time or your, your, your Garmin for speed is completely irrelevant, okay? Please, please switch those things off. Do not look at them. That when you're riding, you're often not really aware of the wind. You think, oh, this is an easy ride. It's going well. Later on, you turn around. It's a big headwind, Okay, that is going to make you faster one way, slower the other. You don't know that at the time. Um, the road surface you're on is probably different to what you've trained on. The hills and the course is probably different to what you've trained on. So trying to hold a speed is a terrible way of pacing a half Ironman. Terrible. And riding to a time is terrible, or a, a goal time is terrible because these other conditions affect it, and you don't... Ne- probably don't know what you're capable on or what the right level of effort is going to be on that course. So put all of that away. Um, There's lots of devices to help you figure out your pacing. Um, Power meters, heart rate monitor, or even perceived effort. How your breathing is, how your legs are. You need to have a plan going into this so that you don't go too hard and you know what that right level of effort is. Now, what we're really aiming for for everyone is a really smooth, consistent ride, okay? You don't want to be hammering hard and then cruising, easing off. Hammering hard, 
easing off. Okay, Really, really smooth and consistent all the way. There's only two situations where you really might want to, will need to change your, your effort. One of them is hills. Hills just take more work, more effort to get up. So you've got to accept that. But again, when it comes to hills, um, if it's a very short hill, you might just put in a burst. Like I'm talking 20 seconds to get up at a small rise, really. It's not even a hill. You put in a bit of a burst just to keep your momentum and help you get up that quickly. That's okay. But if it's a longer hill, what you want to do is just get your momentum into the hill and then just change down through your gears, go easier, easier, easier. Keep your, keep your level of effort as low as you can so that you're not spiking your effort at any time on those hills. Sure, you have to work a bit harder, but you're not trying to hammer it. The other time is passing people. That there's could be a lot of traffic out there depending on what stage you are in the field. So you need to recognise that you will have to pass people. It does take a little bit more effort. But again, you don't need to hammer it and then ease off after then. You just pick up your, your effort a little bit, you cruise on past. As soon as you're past that person, you're in the right. They have to get out of your draft zone. You just cruise on. Really want to smooth out that effort over the whole, whole bike course. Okay, so with that in mind, if you're someone there who is just to there just to complete the course, the event, then realistically, you've probably got to be aware of cutoff times if there are some, and it's not just going to be an easy cruisy ride. Okay, you might have to be working a little bit, but you never want to feel like you're working hard. Okay, the moment you feel like you're working hard, you are. Okay, you're working too hard. That will always come back to bite later. Don't get caught up in the idea, I'll just go out a bit faster, Okay, get some time in the bank, that always comes back to bite. Know what's a level of effort that you can sustain through the whole ride. Now, if again you're at the other end of the field, you're there to perform, it's going to be a, a strong effort that you are riding, strong but sustainable effort that you are riding at the whole way through. You're going to be out there for a much, much shorter time, so you can push the intensity a bit higher. But you should never be absolutely hammering, feeling that yeah, you could be getting to near your limit soon. It's just a strong, controlled effort all the way through. Again, in between the challenge people, well, look, you yeah, you really don't want to feel like you're working too hard. Because you're going to be out there on the bike course, say, three, three and a quarter hours is a common expectation for a lot of challenge group people. Okay, and then you're going to have uh, have a run that's to come afterwards, maybe two hours ish. Okay, so if you're riding hard, then there is no way you're going to be able to run a decent half marathon off that bike. Okay, so again, it's it's going to feel like a comfortably strong pace, but but yeah, more on the comfortable side than the strong. Very unspecific, I know, but if you've got your devices, you've done the work, you can work out where that is. But but just keep in mind. Most people ride too hard. It's better to go slightly easier than you think. You will absolutely make up that time on the run if you've gone a bit too easy on the bike. Okay, and onto the run. Once again, most people start too fast and finish too slow. Our optimum way to get the best possible result for you is a really smooth and consistent effort all the way through. And for most people, that is going to be using a run-walk approach, a planned run-walk approach. The Those of you who have come from big running backgrounds, the idea of walking equals failure. 
but I, I can tell you, in the triathlon sense, it's not. In fact, walking is never failure if you have planned to do it. It's only failure if you've not planned for it and you end up walking. Okay, So you think about there are so many examples of people who have run incredibly fast times, both in, in um, triathlon events and standalone running events, where they have used a run-walk combination. And the idea is that you run for a period, faster people might be aid station to aid station, slower people might be um, aid station, a walk in the middle, aid station, a walk in the middle. You've got to work out for your level how much is going to be appropriate, what's possible. Now, when it comes to the walk, it's not just a lazy stroll. It's still a very, very brisk walk, keeping up momentum, um, almost a similar kind of action. Keep your arms going, just don't, don't just get lazy. And the whole idea with this is that the, these walk breaks, 30 seconds to one minute in general, is enough to keep your heart rate down, and unload the stress on your legs. If your legs just have continuous stress step after step after step, after having had a strong bike ride, then that's what slows people down. Having these walk breaks is is just absolute magic for those who have done it. If you don't believe me, go and Google it. You will find plenty of evidence out there. Okay, so thinking about the run segment, if you are there, someone who is there just to complete the event, look, realistically, there's going to be a lot of walking in this event for you. It's You're probably going to be have expended a lot of energy on the bike and the swim. So sure, you, you plan and you'll try to walk periods, but get used to the idea you will be walking a lot of it. Okay, Get that in your head and then go, okay, go with it. Okay, Keep the walking pace going, keep it going. If you're a challenge level person, then it's absolutely, a run walk is absolutely vital for you. If you're going to be out there for two hours, two hours plus, okay, that's a long time trying to run continuously on legs that are already very tired off the bike. So plan a run walk approach. I guarantee it will let you finish stronger than just trying to run alone. And then for those who are towards the front of the field, the perform level, the people who are the very strongest runners, they can get through this whole thing without taking walk breaks. But still, a lot of people at the perform level, if you just walk through the aid stations just for 30 seconds, one minute maximum, a good brisk walk pace, get your nutrition in, and then carry on again. Um, I've experienced it myself, there are so many people who will show you that yes, this is actually a really successful strategy. And for those who might still be doubting it about the run walk, just have a think about this. If you are running, let's say for example, your running pace is six minutes per K. When you walk, if you're walking briskly, you can walk between eight and nine minutes per K. But you're not walking for big chunks at a time, it's only really small chunks. So if you do the maths, about someone who's running at six minute Ks and keeps running, and someone who takes these short walk breaks, we're talking seconds worth of difference each time you take a walk break in, in terms of um, how much time or, or distance you might lose. But the beauty is, later on in the race, those people who are not, not walking, guarantee 95% of them are going to slow down. You won't. Okay, You'll have the, the strength in your legs, the um, the ability just to keep going, keep going, keep going at your really nice consistent pace. So give it a go. 
Look, the last thing I'll say just quickly is about gadgets and devices. Um, very first thing, uh, be ready that your device may not work on the day. There are plenty of examples where the heart rate monitor, it just doesn't work. The power meter, for some reason, it doesn't kick in. Okay, So if you have one of these devices, they are fantastic, but you've got to be ready in your mind to say, okay, if it doesn't work, what am I going to do? Know how your level of effort should feel. Have some cues to help you do that. And then don't freak out about the data. Just deal with it. Okay, shit happens. Carry on. The other thing to remember is particularly when it comes to the run is that most, sorry, some courses, there's a few flat courses like uh, Tauranga Iron Māori where it, it's pretty much dead flat. You can run to a pace. Other events that are rolling, it's never flat. You're always up and down, slight rises or hills. So watching a pace on your clock isn't really going to be effective. You can't look at it at any point in time and know it's right. You've got to recognise the terrain you're on. And then heart rate, once you're on the run, that tends to drift up as you go through the run uh, because of your fatigue and because of heat as the, as the day is warming up. So these devices, once you come to the run, nothing is perfect. Again, use them to help inform you at different times. Recognise the context and just recognise how you feel as well. Make judgments off that. Okay, there we go. That's pacing. Number one thing, smooth and consistent all day long. If you're a pro out there for less than four hours, you can race this thing. You can really push it. If you're just out there to complete maybe towards eight hours, there is no way you can push it. You can just go, you have to go at just what is a comf very comfortable pace all day long. Everyone else, somewhere in between. So don't go nuts. Don't start harder than you can, than you can finish. Smooth and consistent all day long. You'll have a great day out.